They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa, one of the many, 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 many places you can find me on the internet now because I just can't stop. Um, Before I get into my very special guests, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online. I'd also like to thank my two newest patrons, Chantel Sorrentino and Kevin Michael Hink. Thank all of you for the help in allowing me to be able to do this because this is not cheap and easy or not time consuming. It's very time consuming to do. And I have a family. And so you guys giving me a reason to want to keep doing my hobby and talk to cool people like these guys is what keeps me going. And I appreciate it. And this week's episode is brought to you like a lot of my episodes by the geeks with shields podcast. Each week hosts Axel and Ulrich provide a nerdy escape from the darkest timeline, talking everything from comics to long forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the geeks with shields podcast for all your nerdy needs and now to my guests for those of you that remember when we were able to go outside i did a little panel back right before you got locked into your houses called grumpy old gamers with my brother movie bob that was the chipman brothers tangent live show at pax east and i did a little bit of searching because that wasn't the original title i wanted i wanted old gamer yells at cloud My brother thought no one would get the joke. I thought it was hilarious. We disagreed. When he put the show in for the packs to get accepted, he called it Grumpy Old Gamers. Neither of us checked to see if anyone else out there was called Grumpy Old Gamers, and I found me some Grumpy Old Gamers. So with that, this is Rob and Ryan, who are the Grumpy Old Gamers, the original Grumpy Old Gamers. Guys, introduce yourself to the peoples. You want to go ahead, Ryan? No, you can go ahead, Rob. Okay. Hey, I'm Rob Lego. I'm uh, Grumpy Old Gamer number one, the the younger Grumpy Old Gamer. Um, <laughs> not by much, not by much. Um, just a, a fan of of uh, old games. I've been gaming since the ColecoVision days and before, I suppose. And uh, yeah, you bet, you bet. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we just talk every week. We figured we were talking anyway at the... Uh, at uh, coffee or whatever it is so we figured why not start recording and uh, see if there's a market for it we've been doing it for about a year now and absolutely love it so yeah that's awesome that's me how about and you I'm, uh, and i'm uh, ryan cashmere um the other grumpy old gamer the older much better looking one um <laughs> i concur yeah. he's got a beard <laughs> we uh yeah well you know what rob and i were just uh we uh, every time we meet for coffee, we just sit and um, talk about video games, and we're both, uh, you know, thrift shop like junkies, like going and seeing what we can find, and just you know, scouring deals at all the used shops, and yeah, we just uh, we just wanted to get together and talk about it. You know, we see that uh, I don't know, just saw an opportunity and uh, went with it. I like it. I like the name. Obviously, I unintentionally aped it, so I <laughs> wanted to. I wanted to let the internet know that you guys are the real grumpy old gamers. So when they search and they find you, they're not expecting to find me, but hopefully find something better because I think your stuff is great. So, um, well, thank you. What I was, what I was going to say is, you know, you, you just said, you know, meeting over coffee and talking got you into it. Um, but, uh, what's, what's kind of like the, 
the the emphasis on like how do you pick what you want to talk about week to week or is it just free random or is there a do you have like a list of topics that you're thinking you're going to cover or is it just kind of like me and you do whatever comes to mind well we um it started out actually just with a facebook group and um and i just uh instead of flooding my personal facebook feed with gaming news i started up a facebook group and uh actually um I got the name Grumpy Old Gamer. I was just the ga- the Grumpy Old Gamer in the beginning. <laughs> um, uh, it goes from an old nickname um, I was known as the Grog, and yeah. I was like, "What can I? What can I? Well, you know, what can I spell with Grog? Like, you know, I'm like gaming runner. You know, I'm like I'm trying to. And I'm like, after you know weeks and weeks of thinking about it, I came up with Grumpy Old Gamer, and. Uh, and then I was sharing news, and then you know Rob was always like, "Hey, why don't you? Why didn't you share this news article?" I'm like, "Well, here, just you know, we talk about you know you're a good friend of mine. Like, here, just have admin, and you can add stories too. And then you know, we just kind of grew it from there. You know, we uh, we're adding stories just on the Facebook group, and then you know, talking with Rob. Rob was like, you know, we should take a stab at a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, like because we wanted to do let's plays and reviews of stuff and everything. Nice. Yeah. That, it's always hard to like figure out what to do first. Like that's yeah. why I, I keep getting these inspirations to do other stuff, but it's like, if I did just one of them, I, you know, it, it, it would almost be like, like some people just love doing let's plays, right? I think let's plays are awesome. In fact, they've, my, my daughter is just starting to love watching people play games. So let's plays have been great because you know, I can't be sitting there all day now playing Untitled Goose Game through as many times as she wants me to. It's an amazing <laughs> game, but yeah. she's like, can, can you make the farmer angry again, Daddy? <laughs> like, all right, look, you stole his bell. <laughs> They're mad. But I we're, put them on, and she loves it. We're huge uh, fans of the, the Untitled Goose Game over here. We uh, For weeks there, we had a we talked about it. Every, every little story tidbit that came up, we were covering it. That's it's it's just wonderful. It's just pure happiness it packed is. into one little strange oh. game. Yeah, great story too with the developers. You know the small little uh, um, small little indie group of I think it was five people at one point. I don't know if they're bigger. Yeah, really great. And um, it, it's a great family game too because I've seen most of the game. And I've spent about five minutes with a controller in my hand. The rest of the time, it's been my wife and kid playing yeah. as I, as we've all sat around and watched playing it. That's what's amazing about it, right? Is it's just, it, it really brings back that, like, I, I love what Nintendo's done with the newer Mario games, the side-scrolling ones, because it's like, okay, it's four-player, everyone can get in. But there was something about that one-player game where you just handed the controller around the room. Absolutely. And everyone else was cheering everybody yep. on. We, me and my uh, my brother used to play um, through the games. Our, our NES that we had was in you know in in the living room and the family TV. So instead of you know us fighting over it, our parents just got in, in, engaged. And so they would sit down and like get the Nintendo Power out and like go through and help us. Oh no, the keys over there. You know, in Wizard and Warriors, or you know, m- my dad actually played through the entirety of Castlevania two Simon's quest while me and my brother and mom cheered on. And it was just so wild to see, um, you know, people that they, they weren't gamers, 
Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they had played Atari and like, you know, had played some arcade games. But it was something about that connection with the family that I think, um, I guess I feel bad, weird saying it's missing because I think a lot of companies are trying. I just think things for a while, and this was a, a large part of what the panel actually went into is a large part of it was very singular. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we had all these ways to play with everybody, everything became very singular for a while. It was all about my achievements and what I can do yep. by myself. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the games forwent the ability for a few people in a room to sit around and cheer each other on. And I was saying, you know, this got like kind of a weird reaction from the crowd. But I said, that's why I like some people I've seen using Twitch the correct way, I would call it is you're streaming a game because you want people to cheer you on in that same way. You're not streaming a game to like show someone how well you can speed run this thing and I'm the best ever. It's, I want you to join in. I, I loved watching a lot of the Twitch streams of Untitled Goose Game because people would go, oh, see if you can get, get you know, the, do this different. See if you can make the kid fall on his butt. You know, see if you can, <laughs> oh, yeah, cool, I'll go try that. You know what I mean? And I liked that community aspect that we've been missing. Like in, you know, if you jump online and just play Call of Duty, you know, um, and, and again, like Discord and things like that, where you can actually talk to each other, bring that back. But that also creates a lot of the negative side of it with, you know, little kids getting screamed at by 60 year old men and vice versa. <laughs> but well, yeah. I think what ended up happening is the just when the systems went online yeah. and, they, and all the gaming companies realized that, you know, we could have these consoles and people could play each other. And so there was a huge swing. Bam, that way. And then, you know, it's, it's a cycle, right? And like, just like, yeah. you know, retro, retro themed games, like all the 8-bit games are, are, they're still huge. All the indie 8-bit like yes. style um, games are huge. But yeah, I, I think we're seeing a resurgence in a lot of, uh, you know, couch co-op type four-player games, especially with the, the Nintendo Switch. You, yeah. uh, oh, God, you, go yeah. look in the, you, you go look in the store and every other game they add, good or bad is is a one to four player couch co-op type game isn't it great to see those for sale in a store again yes yeah absolutely because like, because i mean I, I was for a while i was like how do i find these games and you know before going to packs and being like oh wow there's an entire subculture of these games i just needed to like walk outside and go find it um or go online and find it but you're right this the switch is kind of it was brewing with you know the Xbox Online and PlayStation and the mm-hmm. Wii Shop Channel, but the Switch it exploded. It was just like here, here's everything you'd ever want. Well, um, there, there was some great uh, like they added a lot of great stuff to like Xbox Live, mm. uh, the Arcade Live, and like the PS Store. Like there was a lot of indie stuff exploding there, but um, this, I just think the Switch has taken it. They've taken it and they've embraced it. It was uh, it was great. Um, at PAX to talk to uh, a big new company, not big new, but a big one of the more uh, recent companies that's had ups and downs problems. Um, the company Harmonics, who are out of Boston, mm. which it was so great to see them. I walk in and I'm like not expecting to see them there. They unveiled a game day one of PAX. They made this game called Fuser. It's their yes. new yeah. rhythm game. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, but um, they basically took... because. I, I, I'm a huge fan of every game that they've basically made. I, I loved Frequency and Amplitude. I don't know if you guys ever got to play those. Yep, you bet. You bet. I didn't, um, no. 
So frequency and amplitude, what they were was um, you had multiple tracks of a song. So you had the vocals, the synth, the drums, the guitar, and the bass. And you'd fly this ship down this grid. And on one of them, it was concave. And on the other one, it was convex. But you moved over this grid of tracks. And you had to play a certain amount of bars of that track of the song. And it would turn it on. So you'd hear it. And then you jump to each one and you had to keep doing the spinning plate thing of keeping them on. And the longer you kept them on, you got a better score and the songs would get harder and harder. But it was basically the exact same thing that they used for Guitar Hero and Rock Band because the little thing moves through the bar and you strum the right chord with this is you hit the right button on the controller. Okay. when Rock Band came out on the PSP. They made it frequency and amplitude with the rock yes, band skin. Right. Yeah. And I right. loved it. And yeah, so oh. Fuser Fuser is them going, Hey, remember when Activision, that company dropped us, made DJ Hero and it was awesome? Well, we can do one better. We're gonna take DJ Hero, Guitar Hero, and Frequency and Amplitude and package it all into this thing and make it so you can play it with your damn controller again. Which is great because they're releasing the game on Switch, Xbox, and PlayStation all at the same time. Mm. And I see this setup, and I, I didn't know it was them, and I go, this is a really cool like EDM stage with Pyro, and I'm like, it's not, I'm not really a huge fan of that, but I'm like, this is a great stage setup. Let me go check it out. And I get in line, and I'm going up to play the game, and then I look, and I'm like, you know, this game looks like a harmonics game. And I look on the wall, and there's the harmonics logo, and I'm like, oh, shit. And they go, yeah, we just unveiled it today. It was a surprise. And I was talking to one of the developers who was there, and they said, we want this game to be the game where it becomes both the soundtrack and the thing you do at a party. So he goes, kind of like how... Sorry, I got yelled at. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure my kids aren't awake. Um, kind of like uh, the way, um, uh, you know you could put on a game like rock band and someone goes, Oh, I'd like to pick up an instrument now. And they come on and play. Cause those games had an online component that I never used outside yeah. of downloading songs. I had friends that were like, well, I don't like rock band as much as guitar hero because I want to be the absolute best and go online and have a better <laughs> score than someone. And I'm like, that's, that's good. Good for you. But that's not for me. I just want to have fun with my friends and to hear them talk about, you're going to turn a song on, or you're going to turn this DJ thing on. And then, People are going to go, oh, let me grab the controller. And you just pass it around the room while everyone's talking. And because it's got kind of more of a mellow, there's no like immediate, like heightened, like crazy bit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a, you know, just kind of chill, laid back kind of game. And I loved it. So awesome. Worth checking yeah. out. I'm oh, you bet. Checked. You bet. I think I, I have to I totally agree with that, that it looks like, um, the couch co-op aspect that's been gone for a long time with the online, it's really starting to make a bit of a comeback here, um, along with story-driven games. But uh, something Ryan and I have talked about a lot on the show is the um, Intellivision Amico that's Uh coming out. Because um, it seems to really be focusing on having the couch co-op again, you know, basically sitting down with a bunch of friends and uh, and doing the same thing again, right? And it's... uh, So I got one pre-ordered. I'm paid way too much for what I think you're actually getting, but I mean, it's got some cool controllers and things, but just the idea of um, people, people our age, you know, the games that we remember, but they're newer versions and it's bringing back the, uh, everyone sits in the living room, huddles around the TV and just enjoys the game. Like it's not about beating your friends. It's not about, 
it's like about exactly what you're saying with your brother, where it's a family experience. Everyone's enjoying the time together with each other. And that's just been missing in video games forever. Like it's, uh, it's really good to see it start coming back here. No, I, I agree completely. It's a, uh, it's a wild time and it, it's cool to be getting back into it. Cause I, I didn't play for so long, anything other than, you know, like rock band or casual stuff. Um, although I did play through breath of the wild because I needed to, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was wonderful. <laughs> I played through that on the Wii U. That was like the, I oh, bought yeah. it cause, cause I never oh. thought I'd get a switch. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to have time. And then I beat the game. And then my brother was like, I got you a switch for Christmas. And I was like, Oh, I really want to play breath of the wild again. Now <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but in, I scared Rob off of playing breath in the wild. Cause yeah. I, uh, I was like, Rob, I just checked my uh, played time. I'm at 80 hours. And then like, yeah. and then like it's... two weeks later, I'm like, I'm at 110 hours. And then it's like, uh, Rob, I'm at 180. <laughs> He's like, okay. I, I, I haven't <laughs> put that much time into a game since probably like Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a dividing... Just... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, dude. I was going to say uh, it's a dividing subject with us because Ryan absolutely loves the game. And uh, I'm a Zelda fan. I, I, one of my favorite games of all time is uh, Link to the Past. But um, I could not get into Breath of the Wild. I don't oh. I don't know what it is. I, I love Zelda games, but that one just particular. And it was funny because Ryan was ramping it up for me for weeks. He's just like, dude, you got to try this game. You got to try this game. And I got it. And I'm like, I, uh, it's, I don't know, man. I just don't get it. And... Uh, it's, I mean, it's really interesting. I, I felt that way for about the first like five hours of it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I don't know why I it just, it, 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 it um, cause it's, it's jarringly different, even oh, though absolutely. it's, even though it's the same, they, they, they want you to see that it's different when you first start playing it. And for a while I said the same thing. I'm like, I don't want to play a Zelda game that's like this. But then something clicked eventually where I'm like, oh, it's it's such a good merging of all the worlds. Um it 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 felt as joyous as playing uh um Wind Waker to me. Because okay. that game was okay. like I I, I I I still remember when that game clicked and I went, Oh my god, this game is perfect and I just want to play it forever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> But a lot of people had a problem with Breath of the Wild. It, it 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 took some trial and error um to do things that I think people were used to just being able to do in other versions of the game. That um and and it's hard. It's not an easy game. That that was the the other thing. Not that any of the Zelda games are inherently simple, but they're usually like you know, once you get it, you get it. But our, the particularly the uh, the boss fights were oh man insane, and they're wonderful. They're they're very well crafted. They're not uh they're not um cheap by any stretch. There, but uh, there's a couple uh there's a couple temples where they try to utilize the uh, the motion controls of uh, of either your Joy Cons or your Pro controller. Yeah, those ones are just so difficult. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I still haven't finished them. The the one thing I did find weird that um I guess after coming off of um a couple of the other ones the the, the and I guess it's all when the game takes place because um, you know Ocarina of Time had a very at at times of it a very um like post apocalyptic feel 
Mm. And this game definitely has that too. It, it reminds me a lot of Shadow of the Colossus, where it's like, oh, yeah. oh okay, like something bad's gone down. But mm-hmm. like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, when you got into areas where there were stuff and it was still very vibrant and lived in. So the, particularly the temples in in this, it has a very weird, like creepy, absent feeling that I wasn't used to in a Zelda game. As you well. got a feeling. You got a feeling like you're not supposed to be there. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And the the guardians are just there to try and kick your ass. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> it's cool. I liked I liked the strange like old and new like future tech look that a lot. It just had a very different look for a Zelda game. It was very very different, and I enjoyed it. Um, and then there's Super Mario Odyssey. Uh <laughs> Just makes me happy, but um, oh, yeah. what's uh, you know, so my brain's all over the place. But be, being a show that you know, obviously grumpy old gamers, the old stuff is 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 what we talk about. What's um, what's some cool like odd stories about old games or like you know str- strange tricks or tips or or whatever that you like come top, pop to the top of your head that someone listening to this that's you know younger than us might might not know you know on in the panel we talked about you know like oh the the konami code and you know the justin bailey <laughs> thing to to you know um find out that samus is a girl in metroid and you know uh the fact that blaster master the story kind of got made up when they sent it over here <laughs> because they didn't understand like it's just so weird but is there anything that like pops to mind because because games are inherently strange and i think the newer games try to make everything a little bit too sensible and realistic and i love right, you know right. the idea of oh who cares it's a brooklyn plumber that goes down a pipe and now he fights dinosaurs what's the big deal <laughs> <laughs> you, you know but like is there well, anything that pops to mind that like is a cool tidbit well just this week actually i shared a story on our uh, facebook site there about um i had no idea you could do this but apparently you can stack in super mario 3 right before you run through the gate you can stack your items and take two items with you through Excuse the gate. Excuse me? How? <laughs> I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, but apparently if you set down like a turtle shell, you can put another one on top of it and grab both of them, but you got to be right in front of the gate and you can run through the... <laughs> wow. I feel like... Do you remember... Do you remember... How, like, I mean, and there's there's more than you can even count right and more than i or you probably even know but all of the amazing glitches in the original super mario brothers that somehow everybody's like uncle or parent just knew yeah yeah like like i remember they go oh no no don't skip by level three you want to go to level three and you want to jump on the turtle at the very bottom so you can get unlimited one-ups and I'm like, how does my uncle Tim know this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no internet. He he didn't That's read true. classified information. Who told him this? <laughs> also, another like early story we had, and I, I, I guess it was semi semi common knowledge, but I it was one of those, uh, you know, t- I was today years old when I learned this, <laughs> and it was the whole, um, if you had the controller. So on the NES and Duck Hunt, you can yes. control the you yeah. can control the duck. I yes. was like, "What? Is it true? <laughs> I've it not is. tried it." Okay, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I used to do that when I was a kid. Yep. 
Cool, because I've never tried it, and I've always wanted to. I mean, it's not super controllable. Like, it's not like you you know you can do figure eights with him in the air or anything. But you can con- definitely control the direction that he goes in. And <laughs> Duck Hunt, yeah, Duck Hunt is so classic. I can't even fathom. Like, th- like think back. Why is that the way the system decided to ship? Like, I love it. I think Duck Hunt and the Clay Shooter game are awesome. Oh, also completely unintuitive how to switch between the two of them, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like the, the the Mario Brothers Duck Hunt package together can like this game. They're selling a game a system for children that comes with a gun. Like I think it's awesome, and I had every gun for every system that ever came out. It's but it's just you yep. think back on it and you go, where is why did you go there? Because Duck Hunt and Clay Shooter feel like Atari games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you know, yeah. And not they don't look like Atari games. They're they're fine looking games. They just have that feel of single screen arcade, mm-hmm. and it's just interesting to see each system's generation and how they breed out of the thing that they were trying. Because because Nintendo, I mean, you look back on all those arcade games that were ported to Nintendo. Oftentimes, I thought the Nintendo version was better, even though it didn't look as good. You ever played the arcade version of Contra? Yes. Where, oh, the yeah. Russians, where the Russians are the actual bad guys instead of the aliens. Yep. It's not yep. as good. It's I mean, it's an awesome <laughs> game. It's Contra. But there's something about that we tried to... And, you know, NES, you know, came from a lot of Atari-era arcade games that were getting ported. I still can't believe the game Marble Madness ported to NES as well as it yes. did. One of my favorite NES games. It's... Ah. Uh, it was, I thought they did an amazing job. The you could actually turn the controller forty-five degrees, so it was a little more intuitive, right? It was yes. a great port. It was an absolutely amazing port. And I, I think I still, I mean, I got they reset the systems every year, but every summer I go up to Fun Spot. You guys, are, I don't know if you've ever heard of Fun Spot, um, being up where you are, but Fun Spot. Have you ever heard of the movie The King of Kong, A Fistful oh, of yeah. Port? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the place they go where they have their little tournament is Fun Spot. It's okay. um, in Laconia, New Hampshire. It's my arcade from when I was a kid. We'd go up to New Hampshire for two weeks every summer, and we'd always go to Fun Spot. And when I was a kid, all of these games were either new or, you know, within the last five years, right? But they kept them all, and they kept them working, and they've become the American Arcade Museum. So now mm. one part of it is a place that's, you know, just ticket games and, you know, get the little stuffed doll, like new stuff. But then they kept a whole other section of this giant warehouse of a building where they keep all the old games and they have a picture next to them of the people that hold the world scores on them. And oh, they have cool. 80s and 90s music playing, depending on whatever the game uh, came out. I miss that. It's, it's a really cool place. Only thing it's missing is the cigarette smoke, right? Because <laughs> yeah. all arcades were bars for some reason. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know what? what's actually um, getting popular around here is uh people are opening up um arcades again but yes, instead bar- of arcades well there's those there's the barcades um but also people are opening arcades where you you know you just go pay a flat price and you go in there for an hour you pay oh, an hour admission wonderful um there's a guy local guy he owns um he owns a a bunch of the uh, retro game shops in town and uh, he uh, he just opened one up, and they, and he basically opened it out on his acreage. He built a two story barn, and like one floor is all our arcade games, the other is all pinball. And you oh, can go, you, amazing! Yeah. You can rent it out for parties. You can, you know, 
You can go well, hang it like amazing. It is. It is. And the barcades are fun too. I mean, um, uh, Cineplex Odeon, um, they, uh, like our, our major movie theater yep. chain, yep. um, they, uh, they've opened these rec rooms where they have like all the cutting edge stuff, all the VR and like all the, you know, the, the really like up to date games, but they also still have some arcade games in there too. Yeah. That, that's another thing I miss. That's gone completely by the wayside in the United States. The movie, it used to be a movie theater was a place that like your mom could drop you off at like 6 PM. You can meet all your friends. You got like an 8 PM movie you're going to, and you spend the rest of the time drinking soda and eating food and hanging at the arcade. Yeah. Like that's what you used to do. And now they're like, get in and get out. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I want to go like, where's the arcade? Oh yeah. These, <laughs> these, rec, these rec rooms are, they're separate buildings or separate. Oh. They're not, they're not in the movie theaters, but, um, the one big one here in town, like they share a parking lot and then, um, Oh, have you, you heard about our mall, West Edmonton mall? <laughs> no, the, it, I guess it's the second largest mall in the world before mall of America went up. But, oh, uh, now I need same, to go there. Same guys who <laughs> built it, same guys who built it. So, uh, <clears throat> um, in one end of the mall is the movie theater and then the other end is the rec room. Like they put it in this mall. So that's cool. Yeah, that's another thing. Malls used to always have at least yep. an arcade, if not an arcade in a movie theater, and like it, it's all gone. Yeah. It's uh, all, no, and, I... and and again, and what's going to happen with this, right? I don't know how many movie theaters are going to survive this mess, oh, but uh, I think yeah. you guys are doing better than us. But still, uh, boy, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> we we uh some of the same problems um yeah without yeah. getting into any particulars because yeah i don't uh, not, not what my show's usually about i just I, <laughs> it's hard to not bring it up oh, it, God. Really, oh it, it really is it really is but uh it's, uh, it's gonna be different it's gonna world's it's gonna, gonna be, be different it's gonna be different and i know like okay so obviously people being healthy and well and society surviving is the most important part right but we all need the things that make us happy and it is weird to not be able to just say, hey, let's all go out and see a movie. That's yeah. really weird it is. to not be able to do that. Even though I have kids doing it far less, it's weird to know you can't. Yeah. And and that that's the feeling it that I love seeing arcades coming back because that was the same feeling when those weren't around anymore. It's like, why did this have to die? Why do people not think this is fun anymore? Like... We have a, we have one called Salem Willows, that's like a tiny, tiny, but it's always been there. Um, park with a waterfront, um, like Coney Island kind of thing, you know, like a few little arcades with some mm. food restaurants. But it's tiny, but it's been there forever, and it's not going anywhere. And it's great. And when people come and visit, that's where we take them. It's like, you got to come check this out. You haven't seen something like this in like 80 years. You know what I mean? Just like, cause, cause a lot of it is even older. Like they don't just have the old pinball machines. Like they have the old wooden, like crank games oh. and stuff like that. And the, like, yeah. um, you put like a nickel in and the, the monkeys play music, you know, they, they kept it all. And they kept the Zardoz, you know, mach- that you read oh, your yeah. fortune. They kept all that stuff up and it it's awesome. But it's like there's new arcade games coming out too. You don't have to have the old stuff if you don't want to. I mean, yeah, we have Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's is fine. At least it's a clean, well kept place for people to go. But Dave and Buster's is just 
they're just cell phone games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they're fun, but it's like, I, I don't need to play fruit ninja on a 50 inch screen. I can do that at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cool that you have it. I do like the, uh, the, the newified ticket game versions of retro games. I don't know if you've seen these, they have um, space invaders. They've got Pac-Man. They've got um, centipede, like all like as like up to date led shooters. And they're a lot of fun. Oh, and they're just awesome. they just they just spit out tickets. They're they they're just it's the same graphics. It's just LED screen. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's yeah. adorable, and I like I like it a lot. But I don't know. Arcades are a whole different beast. But uh, I I like talking about you know how how each console generation seems it's either dictated by the generation that came before because they all overlap, right? Like mm-hmm. every single Xbox game that wasn't a unique to Xbox launch title were just PlayStation two games up converted a little bit. You know what I mean? And all Mm -hmm. of the dreamcast games when dreamcast first came out were either re-releases of Saturn games or, or stuff that looked a little bit better than what PlayStation and N64 could do ports of those games. Cause the, the thing that I, that I always liked about Sega with console designs is they always split their processors and this is something Nintendo, this is why Nintendo with a 64-bit processor on the N64, the games didn't look as good as what Sony and Dreamcast were putting out on their systems, even though Nintendo technically had the better processor because Nintendo was putting all of it into 3D graphics. So they had to um, fog everything. But the Dreamcast, they said, well, we're going to use our 64-bit 2D processor and everything, you know, a certain amount of feet away from the view is just going to be 2D graphics <laughs> and not be 3D. And so they could stick everything into the main character and the games faked you into thinking they looked better. And I always liked that Sega was able to do that. Unfortunately, they didn't know how to make discs that weren't able to be copied and, and other things. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big mess. Cause I loved that console. That console made yeah. me so happy and it, it just went to complete. It's the only Sega system I've ever owned. And it, it just went Dreamcast to, or? yeah, it was the Dreamcast. Yeah. It just went to, we were a Nintendo household. So mm-hmm. I, I, I was the PlayStation buyer that pissed my brother off. And then the Dreamcast buyer. And now he has my Dreamcast at his house because he and he loves it he's like why did i never play these games it's like they're awesome aren't they dude yeah (laughs) but uh no it's you know like it it, it's it's always interesting to me to see because like playstation the whole first year of playstation's launch titles were super nintendo games it was nba jam um tournament edition you know uh the super street fighter mortal kombat 3 you know all these games that you know um Nintendo was still coming out with for like the dying of the Super Nintendo because the N64 hadn't come out yet because the PlayStation was supposed to be the upgrade to the Super Nintendo. It was just going to be the CD drive that attached to the Super Nintendo. And so they still came out with it's just weird to think back that the same year that Final Fantasy seven came out, the other PlayStation games you could get that were good were the first Jet Moto and (laughs) Twisted Metal. Yeah. Which are fine, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're archaic looking in the grand scheme of things. And NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat Three, <laughs> it's very weird. Of like a, um, I don't know. It's just interesting because because the you know the first consoles only had arcade games to go by. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then um, each one after kind of has to pull off the other one anyway sorry I, no i was just going to say that uh i mean i i understand the loyalty because but my friends and i like we're we're all pretty hardcore nintendo guys and then the one friend you know he went and bought a playstation and then the battle is on because it's like yeah. Look at all the full motion video that Nintendo can't do on their oh, N64. Oh, the full motion video. Yeah, well, that's, and uh, the that's pre-rendered why. graphics. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big reason why that's why Nintendo lost the uh, Final Fantasy franchise, right? Was they, uh, they had been going, like you said, they were going to have that that um, that CD player in. And, the, and uh, they'd been developing Final Fantasy VII for it. In the last minute, they said, you know what? We're going to go with the cartridges. And then and Sony they said, went, hey. all right, bye. Yeah, and Sony said, you know, uh, well, we, and uh, uh, I always forget, was it Square? Square. Yeah, I don't remember. Square, Square yeah. Um, Squaresoft. Yeah, and they, so they uh, they had this game, and they couldn't put it on the system, and, and Sony said, hey, we got a bucket full of cash. Why don't you come over here? We've got all the FMV you could possibly want, so. And I gotta, <laughs> and I gotta say, when they started moving the pre-rendered backgrounds around, yeah, that was, because... Okay, looking back at Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, okay, everything's a still shot. They look fantastic, but mm-hmm, everything's yep. a still shot. But when they were able to, in like the Parasite Eve games and Fear Effect, they were able to make, and again, it wasn't, you had no control over the camera, which was actually something that I kind of liked. I like that the camera is thought out how it's going to look, so I don't have to think about it, especially in games like that. Um they they fix that obviously in newer games, but the Parasite Eve game was the first time I played one of those, and the camera just moved, and I went, "How is Nintendo going to do anything that looks like that?" The N sixty four couldn't do it. My name is Gibetto Funkin. One shoe stumble, knuckle timber shivers at your service. I'm looking for some friends of mine. The many pennies. The many pennies. Them. I know we've been really busy, but I think that all we need to do is just tackle the next thing on this twenty four item to do list, and we'll be fine. Someone bring me some food. Also, my flask is empty. I need a refill. Nobody panic. I may have lost several scorpions. I said nobody panic. Check out this new skin patch on my cloak, guys. Guys? You know, I might be looking for someone else. I don't blame you. Adventure Incorporated, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play adventure podcast. New episodes every Monday. Find us at adventureinkpod.com. You know what I mean? It took, it really took till the GameCube came around for Nintendo to really push, hey, no, we can do polished looking fucking games. Yeah. Because the the launch titles on that thing were insane. I don't know how they got that much out of that damn system. But like you look back at the, that Star Wars shooter that came out, you look back at at the last squadron. Yeah. The last, last, the last rare game. What was that? Um, the. That that scary one they did with Rare right before Rare dropped. What the hell was that game called? The game that would like fuck with the volume control. Oh, uh, Eternal Darkness. Like, yeah, and like it just yeah. that game. I don't know how Nintendo ever put out amazing. a game like that. Yeah, that game was incredible. <laughs> Not that they yep. don't put out amazing games. It was just so anti everything they stood for yeah. as, so, as a company. Uh, like I've I was always a Nintendo. Like I've always been a Nintendo fanboy. And Me um, too. like this rate, um, this this generation is my first generation where I'm actually current. Um, like I actually have a PS4. Like I'm usually oh, buying, 
um, I, I'm actually buying, I usually buy the stuff like on sale or used or something like a generation behind, like, you know, when the PS4 came out, I was just starting to build my PS3 and 360 collection, like uh, of games that I heard that I had to try. And, but you know, I always, I always stick it with Nintendo, but I got segued there. The point, uh, <laughs> the point I was going to make is, uh, the thing that kind of killed the GameCube. And I think would have made it even better is like ports that were coming over from the PlayStation and Xbox. They killed themselves with the controller. Yeah. With the one Z with the one Z one Z button on the, on the shoulder there. If they just would have put another one on the other side, ports would have been fine. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the the (laughs) one I always remember is, um, I rented spy hunter on the GameCube. Yeah. And, I loved uh, that game. Like it was some, it was great, but there was some sort of weird like, okay, you gotta hold the, you gotta hold the A, the Z, and the trigger to do the, you know, to do the the thing that you can't do with that without that extra trigger button on the other shoulder. Um, you know, they just they really shot themselves in the foot with that. They, you know, thinking that they didn't need that extra <laughs> extra shoulder button. N- Nintendo and weird controllers, right? That's oh, that's the history yes. of Nintendo in a nutshell. Oh, Rob's. Yeah. It's a it's a known fact though. Rob's favorite controller is the N sixty four controller. That thing, the the controller was designed to cripple people. It's uh, <laughs> it's the worst. Um, yeah, we we this has been a long standing <laughs> debate here. It's uh, so weird too, because like I used to think it was the greatest thing in the world because yeah. I got so used to it, and yes. like then you get like you get like a wave bird, and you're like okay. <laughs> or do yeah. the like I want to be able to play with an N64 controller and the GameCube. So you get like the like knockoff ones. And then I went back recently and tried to play with it and I'm like, this thing sucks. Yeah. Like, could couldn't do a damn thing with it. That one in the Dreamcast controller were just designed with pain in yes. mind. The Dreamcast <laughs> one was absolutely awful. And it, the uh yeah. It's tr- truth be told, there is you know, I, I we said this in, in the panel and it's an important one and see if you guys think the same thing. The the original NES controller is super intuitive. You can go back to that today, and it just works. The games yep. were meant to be played with it. There's again, it's clunky. It you know it it's not the like the most comfortable controller in the world, but it was laid out correctly, and mm-hmm. that's why every single game that has ever come out can be played with that controller in yeah. one way or another. Like if if you really think about it. I don't think since that controller, because the Super Nintendo controller was just the, this is the more intuitive version of that controller. Yeah. But, and I'm not going to say first gen PlayStation controller, because first gen PlayStation controller can go pound yeah. sand because you can't play a goddamn <laughs> thing with it. I, we all did it, but I have a PlayStation Classic to prove that no one wants no. to freaking play without analog sticks. But that mm-hmm. first analog playstation controller not the dual shock the very first analog one they came out with that didn't have vibration i mm-hmm. bought that the day i bought my playstation and no game worked with it yet but it, you could turn the analog on and off it had a button That's right That's so right. you could and i played crash bandicoot 2 and it controlled like mario 64 like it was just the, it, they and i went I, I never want to play another game with any other controller other than this. Like, and, and Sony has not moved away from that for what, 15, 18, 20 years. Yeah. 20 like years, it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. Right. How it's, long. It's and we really were saying a... that is probably the best 
there's been controllers I've liked more, but that one is just it's it's tried and true. It's test of time. Well, right. I got I got to give the N64 controller the 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 original analog stick because I can remember. Oh, you'd yes. be wrong. You'd be wrong. You think so? Well, the Sega Saturn had their oh, controller God. made for knights. That was the first analog controller oh, beat up by at least a year. Now, okay, did well, the, it sell? The... Did it sell? No. But they had the technology before Nintendo did. So I'm just going to, I want to throw okay. that in there. Yeah, Me yeah. and the other no, six I, I, guys who owned I, a Sega Saturn. That's, uh... I was just going to, no, I was just going to say that, uh, I mean, my wow. first experience with a analog controller, and I remember this playing, my buddy called up, he got, a, he got his N64 and he got Mario 64. And he's like, as amazing as this game looks, check this out. And he's like, if you push this stick a little bit, yes, he yes. just kind of walks. You push him more, he runs. And then we actually, it, it, I, I can easily say we sat there for probably an hour, hour and a half, just making Mario run in little circles and then walk and then, and then run and then walk. And then like, <laughs> and there hasn't been a Mario game since that the first time I pick it up and play it, I don't grab the controller and go through the, ex- like, I want it, it always to feel, and it always does. It feels mm-hmm. just as great every time. Yeah, it really does. They they nailed it. The 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 amount of pressure. And again, I remember um what was it when the dual shock for PlayStation two came out, they had the you push the button. I'm glad they don't do this still, because that was obnoxious. Do you remember? If you push the button halfway or push it the full way or push it hard or push it soft, it had it like they use it for the baseball oh. games and stuff. I'm so yeah. glad they dropped that. <laughs> Cause that it was a cool idea, but it just it was broken. It didn't, yeah. and because they were trying to one up Nintendo. Nintendo had that, you know, where the first game that if you push it a little, the guy walks, and if you push it hard, they run, and if you, you know, Mario yeah, sixty four yeah. still feels so damn intuitive to pick up and play. It's so it weird. I, uh, I for nostalgia's sake, I bought it on the Wii U. Yeah, and and, and then it, it it was weird at first, but playing it on that big game pad. But then it, it just took a few minutes and it's like, yeah, it's intuitive <laughs> still. It's awesome to um to hear that they're bringing Sunshine and um Galaxy yes. back out. Yes. Because Sunshine is so underappreciated. Yep. So, Sunshine was just like, hey, this is just a platformer. Yep. And people went, I want it to be more. No, you're just going to have a really good platformer. Have fun. Yep. Well... And I think they oversold the whole water jetpack yeah. a bit because you mentioned it to people and they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to clean stuff. I want a platform. I'm like, you, there's tons in there. Yeah, but you got to clean stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> definitely Sorry, Mar- you're appreciated one. That's for sure. Sorry, Mario <laughs> can't branch out. That's why we're going to give Luigi the ghost hunting backpack and you're all going to love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because goddamn, is that a one hell of a franchise? That no one talks about, but everyone buys, and they're yep. wonderful. They're Have you great. tried three? Oh yeah, I love it. Oh yeah, it's so good. I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. So while, while we're while, while we got a little lull here, I just uh, I I did watch uh, you and your brother's uh, third anniversary episode. Oh, thank you. Of, uh, yeah, and uh, I just wanted to mention I was I was so happy to hear that you guys are kids in the hall fans. 
Oh yes. <laughs> we don't see that too back. too often south of the border. It's uh, yeah. usually yeah. kind of a Canadian thing, but so kids kids in the hall. We Bob and I. I don't. We found kids in the hall the same way we found Mystery Science Theater three thousand is Comedy Central and VH one were the same channel here. Okay. Um, and on cable it was VH one during the day, and then at eight p.m. the channel became Comedy Central, and oh. so we we missed all the stuff Comedy Central showed during the day, but their nighttime slot they didn't really have um, made for the channel content. At the time they were showing, you know, like absolutely fabulous and, um, and British sitcoms and faulty towers. They had like, and they had this run of, they had kids in the hall in syndication because it was an HBO show over here, I guess when it was on initially, but they had like the edited down kids in the hall and they had mystery science theater 3000 and a couple other things. And so we watched the whole slot. We'd stay up, you know, and watch it. And man, kids, kids in the hall was so good. And I think Bob and I went and saw Brain Candy. I think we were one of the three people that saw it. In the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm so happy they're coming back. Yeah, I yeah I couldn't believe that when I read that not long ago. There, they're they're, uh, they're going to make some new shows. I mean, they had that other one. It was a limited series. I don't know if you've seen that. It was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, Hell comes to town, I think it was called. Yeah, hell comes to. There was another name. Hell comes to something town. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the. Uh, it was okay. It was kind of forgettable. I just went yeah. back and watched my old. But it was good to see everyone again. And um, but I mean, I was in high school when Kids in the Hall was like the new episodes were airing, yep. and it was it was just phenomenon. Like you know, you'd spend all class like. First class in the morning, just talking about the the, the episode on the previous Thursday night, but uh, <laughs> of, of the of the new stuff. Did you see the new Chicken Lady sketch or the uh, new Head Crusher or, or, or any of that the stuff? New right? Head Crusher. I would have squished your brain. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> that yeah. That, um, oh, and then after that, it was the Upright Citizens Brigade. That was the the show that was on later, but it was similarly themed. Um, but no, the kids in the hall, I don't know if this was an episode they just did for Comedy Central, but there was one where they said, oh no, it must have, this, this, these were episodes that were banned. Did you ever see that one? Where they did like sketches that were edited and banned? Uh, I have, yeah. It I, was my, my favorite damn thing, and it's, it's just so perfect for the times we're living in right now, where it's just a dad and his son, and it's a, it's a farmer and his son. And you see, you hear this donkey making these horrifying sounds and you hear someone screaming in German and he says, daddy, who's that man? And what's he doing to my donkey? And this is the whole sketch. Well, sir, that man's Hitler and he's in your donkey. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. the whole sketch. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know why, but that has always just set me off as one of the funniest damn things. <laughs> um. There's this, there's this one sketch, and it's still, to this day, like, it, it, the pure comedy genius of it. Um, the, the two of them are sitting at a dinner table, and um, the one guy is playing with his mashed potatoes, like, turning them into, into boobs. You can tell he's, like, making them into boob mounds. And uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Keep going. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then, he, you know, he asks his wife why he doesn't, the, the long and short of it is, is he asks his wife why she doesn't pay more attention to his nipples. And she's like, well, because you pee out of them. And, 
And he's like, no, I pee out of my penis. And she just grabs the jug of water and just... <laughs> <laughs> oh man when i'm feeling down i just look that clip up and you know laugh sure. for a good half hour and uh, at the pure <laughs> those guys are too good it, oh. it just collected it, it it's a uh, bottled lightning it seems it really certain is. groups of people get together and you're just like oh man <laughs> they're too damn funny <laughs> Oh, now all I'm thinking about is kids in the hall. They should make a video game. That's what they should do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Journey got their own game. Why not kids in the hall, right? So, right, Journey and uh, Iron Maiden right? and Homestar and Homestar Runner. I loved those games. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever play the, the the point and click Homestar Runner games? They were fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh God, because so because you're Canadian, in, so how old are you guys? I'm 45. Okay, no, because so, so, you said high school. I'm so I was crap. I was watching Kids in the Hall when I was like seven. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36, so it's, it's not okay, that bad. Okay. Of a, yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm because th- I heard you say high school, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I was. I wasn't like four. When was the Kids in the Hall on? Like. Mid nineties, well, yep. not early early nineties because it's uh, 90, 91, 92, Yeah. So I'm wondering if Comedy Central showed it as oh no because that was when Mystery Science Theater was on. So I was just like seven or eight years old watching Kids in the Hall. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because I had seen In Living Color when that was on, and I was probably oh, yeah. like five when that was on. Mm. Yeah. I it I have a, a friend at work who's um I think like forty seven. And he always jokes because when I started at my company 12 years ago, I was the youngest employee. So when he started working with me, he was always like, oh, you young bastard. Why are we the same person? Why do you get all my references? He's like, are you like me? Are you me from the past? Are you coming back to like tell me the error of my ways? Like, But uh, um, we were talking about uh, TV shows and stuff. And he had said, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Chris, this is how I'm this is how I'll always remind myself of how old I am. When did you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And I said, I was like four or five years old. And he goes, I was drinking. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. That's, <laughs> that. He goes, I was in college and I was drinking. Yeah. Well, yep. my, uh, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a black and white comic. And they yes. were very much more adult. Yes. Oh, yeah. Were turned into. <laughs> so speaking of the Ninja Turtles and in video games, this has a cool bent back into video games, which is good because if you notice, Bob and I do a show called The Tangent because this is how it goes. And I think this oh, is yeah. interesting. I think this is interesting when things go off on tangents like this. But Springfield, oh, Springfield, Massachusetts has, which is two and a half hours from me. So it's out in Western Massachusetts, um, has a really cool collection of museums there. They have an art, an art museum, a history museum, a science museum, and a children's museum that are all in one like campus. And so it's one price and you get into all of them. And we went out there because one of the museums, I guess, Dr. Seuss was either from around there or spent a long time in Springfield. So they have a Dr. Seuss museum and in their art history museum, we went in there and they had a whole room on popular culture. And I was like, oh, this should be cool. And so they had like art setups, but with like an NES 
and you could like play the game and like it it was kind of set up in like a way of like how does this make you feel and like then you could read about like what went into that game but they had a whole room because eastman and laird were from springfield so they had a whole room of all the old black and white Ninja Turtles. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> I just got lost in there for a while. <laughs> and it was cool because <clears throat> I, I love seeing stuff like that in a legitimate art museum. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, you know, because I was talking to the, you know, they have people talking about the exhibit and they're like, yeah, well, a lot of people thought that this was kind of a dumb exhibit because, you know, the stuck. And I'm like, no, the, the, he goes, it's art. This is artists. This is art. Like, <laughs> Of course it is. Right, right. It's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that uh, I always, we were talking about arcades and what uh, kids nowadays are, and that sounds, that's the most old thing I've said today. Mm. The kids mm-hmm. nowadays, they don't. Uh, those kids. But, uh, those with, damn um, millennials and their, their, their wristwatches and their hula Right, boots. and their avocado toast. and uh, Hey, you know. hey. <laughs> but uh, the uh, kind of an art thing that, um, that uh, kind of you, kids don't get nowadays because they don't, you know, they don't have our, the arcades is the the, mar- the old marquee art and the old yes. um, and some of the old pinball art, like the old Williams pinball, like the Comet and um, a variety of those where the the the, art, the um the backlight uh, the backlit piece of glass was a piece of art, you know, and they and on the old arcade games, like I always keep Miss Pac Man here, just uh, I know Aww. no one in the podcast can see that, but it's you know that's the kind of thing that um. When you go into an arcade, I have one of those too. Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, but it's um, that's kind of a lost thing now because other than the box art, there's there's literally no art. But I mean, a big thing about going to the arcades was the the whole visual stimulus you got from it, and and usually the smell. But the um, yes, the smell, the, <laughs> the sweat. I mean, you can get that going to packs. I guess, uh, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that's me, but it's true. Um, but no, uh, the um, yeah, the the especially like arcades that have still stuck around that were once, you know, like there was a place called good times, um, which was no, it was not, um, well, at least not for everybody. There were stabbings and stuff that happened there, but it was a weirdest place. I don't know how this place stayed open as long as it did. It was open well into the mid to late two thousands. Um, it was a, they had a go-kart track, paintball, laser tag as many classic and new arcade games as you could think of this place was huge um they had a bowling alley and then they also had a giant nightclub restaurant bar pool hall darts it was just insane and when i went there as a kid because during the day, you know, I think like 8 p.m. it was 21 plus or 18 plus or something like that. But when you'd go as a kid, like until like 8 o'clock at night, like I I went in there when I was over 21, right before they were getting ready to close down. And I'm like, huh, that's what this place looks like when you can see. Because it was one of the last places that got smoking indoors closed off. Think, right. think about that. that. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. that I try to describe to people. They go, really? They used to let people smoke. Go, oh yeah. <laughs> but like, you, so you'd still go in and it still smelled like a freaking ashtray in there, but you just yep. didn't see it anymore. And, um, that's how every arcade was. Cause it was just, you know, like, yeah, this is a pizza restaurant slash bar. And oh yeah, just send your kids to that back room over there and you hang out with your buddies. 
<laughs> but um, but I miss that. I, I really do. The the box art and the art on the side of a video game box is the whole reason why you'd play it. And a lot of times it had that duality of making you think, I want to visualize that art, even though I'm just seeing this little stick figure with a gun running around here. What that box had in it is um, it's telling me what I'm seeing. And I, I used to love that. And then you'd get a game like Mega Man where the original oh, one's box yeah. art doesn't oh, look boy. a thing like the game. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be well, one of the worst box covers ever for any video yep. game. The original one, it's, oh man. Uh, all I can say is thank goodness for like being able to rent games back then. Because, yes. you know, you get sold on a, on a picture and you'd rent it and it'd be the worst game. But it had such amazing box art. That, uh, <laughs> you know, you, but then you're stuck with it for the weekend, but at least you didn't have to shell out to, to buy the whole thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know what, I mean, I guess, yeah. Okay. You can download demos and stuff, but I don't know. I liked, I liked the potential. I liked going out to buy or rent a game without having heard about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I know that that seems weird to people probably listening to this now. You read about everything. Everything's there right in front of you. But it's like, no, it's not. You still go on the Wii Shop channel or on Xbox or PlayStation and find an indie game that you've never heard of and only go off of what you see there. That's still part of the experience. But I guess Netflix kind of has an akin to that. It's like, oh, it shows me a quick clip. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch this. It's free, right? <laughs> you know? free yeah Uh, but uh you know i i loved being able to go and i've never heard of you know aston yaks before let me rent this and see what it is yeah you know like or uh mylon secret castle or um what was the one Uh, crystal castles that i was playing the other day oh what a what a game that is you know it's a bear it's a bear in a magical castle all right Oh yeah, like ones like um, uh, the Mafia Conspiracy or uh, Golgo Thirteen or yes, yes you yes. know those covers. You know, you look at them, you're like, oh my god, these are amazing spy games. I'm gonna go home yeah, and no, be a and spy. Then and, then, yeah. and then you're like, oh my goodness. Well, I have it for the weekend. I may as well put as many hours into it as I can. <laughs> I am the only person that beat this game because I'm the only one that rented it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, and, and you had so much more of a chance of a game just being impossible back yep. then, too. Oh, yeah. Where it was it was important to rent it because every game wanted to destroy you because they were still working on arcade mentality. One of the biggest um, early Nintendo games that was uh, that loved hurting you was Rygar. I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. this game. Oh, Rygar, absolutely. Rygar, oh, yeah. Rygar and Ninja Gaiden were the two mm-hmm. games that were like, hey... Yep. Yeah, you might have killed that guy, but you just step back on the screen and he's going to be right where you're going to jump. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of the things that I, on, on a list of things that I'm glad aren't in video games anymore, is yeah. knockback. Knockback, like yes. in Ninja Gaiden, like it was, um, <laughs> it was, there were just certain levels where like, that's why they made those controllers so tough, because they got tossed. Everyone has tossed their Nintendo controller into a wall, but usually at Ninja Gaiden or a game like it, and it's, um... Sure, the whole the game was only three or four hours, but you earned it. You earned it by the time that was done. Oh yeah, Ninja Gaiden was such a. Oh, I've beaten it once. I will never try again. <laughs> I'll play it. 
I love playing like the first two or three levels because oh, it, yeah. it's just a wonderful game, but it's it's not fun. It is not happy. It is just a nasty, angry, mad at you game that wants you to hurt so bad. <laughs> we uh, so a couple of weeks ago we did a we've been doing this uh, thing, a worst game ever, where we get people to vote on what they think is their worst <laughs> game ever, and uh, we had a tie for the first round, and it was uh, ET and uh, Superman sixty four. Those were so the first we, two that popped into my mind. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, so we uh, we played those, and then uh, round two. Um, Friday the 13th one. The so, NES Friday the 13th? The NES oh, yeah. Friday the 13th. I was, I was um, about to say, because the, the new Friday the 13th is clunky, but I love it. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. It makes me so happy. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, you know, like the technical difficulties we experienced here in the beginning, um, I couldn't get the streaming working, and then we didn't want to start the show late, and we ended up streaming. Um, I, I just got a copy of Batman, the NES Batman. Oh, the purple and, Batman. Oh, man. We, um, so we, we played it just straight up for like five minutes. And then um, on the Retron 5 here, we turned the... the I no have hit. a Retron 5 as well. Yeah, we turned the no-hit cheats on. If, yeah, it's got the Game Genie built into it, so you may as well take advantage of it, right? And going through that game, we're like, how could you do this? How could you play it? <laughs> And it, it's, it's it's a bummer too because I've done the same thing. It's a pretty cool game. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. it's just impossible. Yep. It's impossible. Yep. <laughs> there there was a boss fight that ended up still taking us five minutes with like no taking no damage because of the the coordination required for it. We're like, holy! Like, how could you have done this without without you know taking no damage and yeah. Like, have people actually seen the end of this game? I wonder. <laughs> no, I don't think they have. By the way, that's a question that I've never bothered looking up because I've gotten far in it. Does Marble Madness end? Yes. It does. It I've does. gotten yep. very close, but I've never I've never made it to the end. That level that last level is a special piece of hell. Um <laughs> that game is that game is a special piece of hell, and I love every bit of it. Yeah. That is something I would love to see is um because uh, I'm a huge fan of trackballs, trackball controllers. And, like, and it works so yeah. good. I love, because having it, the first time I ever played it was on the NES, and just the ability to push back and control your speed and the physics of that game are strangely good for a 2.5D yeah. game. But that trackball is a whole new level of, no, spin backwards, no, I'm going to fall off, I'm going to fuck! <laughs> I love that yep. game so much. Oh yeah, no, it's it's great. Definitely one of the uh, the 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 NES games that people don't talk about, but it's and it's a perfect port. It's, oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. crystal clear. Um, of... is that one of the Tengen Tengen games? Is that what I'm I thinking? Think so, one I think of, so. like in the in the black cartridge. I think he's right. I could be wrong. Uh, no, it was a great cartridge. It was a great. Oh cartridge. yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not thinking it's Tengen. Um, oh man. Hit the hard questions. Was it Data East? Mado, oh, we're just gonna fill some dead air with some googling yeah. here. We apologize. Uh, That's okay. Googling <laughs> happens on this show a lot. Um, but I'll talk uh, that's, to what, that's what I remembered it as. It's an Atari game. It's an Atari game. Oh, oh it's an Atari. that that would explain why though it technically is so good. Atari was on fire. Yeah, at oh, the time dude, period yeah. that game came out, they fell into their third party developer role like a glove they were mm -hmm. nailing it for a very long yep. time 
that is uh that's one of the saddest things was the that the atari jaguar killed well not really killed atari but just may as well have um, it's a bummer too because the atari jaguar was actually fine it wasn't bad. Yeah, I, I was uh, one of my favorite stories is I almost had a Jaguar instead of um, a PlayStation because I walked in the store and my credit card was over limit like it was so often at the time. And so I ended up waiting a couple of weeks and then I couldn't get a Jaguar. So I bought myself a PlayStation there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wow. love the, the Jaguar like it is still the most unique looking controller from the last 20 years. Like, yeah. Um, not 20 now, I guess. Holy moly. 25. 25, maybe 30. Yeah. Wow. So, um, what was the Jaguar? 96? I want to say 96, 97, yeah. yeah. Somewhere right in there. the PlayStation was 97. Cause, because uh, Super Mario RPG came out in 96. And then FF7 came out in 97. And I think the PlayStation came out between. Isn't that wacky that Square was developing those two games at the same time? <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> Completely. And they're both great games, but it's just like, yep. what What a difference. Yep. Although, Super Mario RPG, nothing but pre-rendered backgrounds. Right, yeah. On yeah, the right. Super Nintendo. Yep. Yeah. They weren't great pre-rendered backgrounds, but the, they were using the, um, the Donkey Kong Country engine. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's because right. Donkey Kong Country was all pre-rendered backgrounds. So that's why it looks yeah. so damn good. Yeah, yep. More rare, uh, rare. Yep. The company rare uh, wizardry, right? Like they were. I don't know, man. They were on fire. Those guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like even, I remember even the stuff they did later, uh, like Time Splitters. The people from Rare that like dropped away, and those games yeah, were yeah. great too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, like, um, yeah, I remember renting Donkey Kong Country and just staring at it. For the first little bit like i'm like how is my super nintendo giving me these graphics i do yeah. not under like what is this voodoo <laughs> it it's there's not really a super nintendo game that looks as good it's no. it just they 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 played the sony trick they played the sony trick and they all of the work the processing work it, it they, they took a painted background basically a frozen painted background and have like six moving things on screen and that's it and they trick you into thinking that there's so much going on mm-hmm. and it's 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 what um it, the original silent hill did with their right. their fog yep. is they go we're gonna right. add fog so we can put all the processing power into this character and what's close by and it ended up being one of the greatest design choices ever because it made the game so goddamn scary yes yeah i love that game it's impossible <laughs> to play now it's because it's just clunky but i love that game that that needs a resident evil style reboot oh Absolutely. it definitely does even yep. though konami is just garbage now but yeah, <laughs> yeah. konami imagine that we live in that world that where capcom is still nailing it yep. yeah and, and konami oof Oof. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> I guess. Well, the, the, I pay, I guess they found money in, um, they make uh, uh, gambling machines now. Yeah, they're, pachinko machines, yes. right? Yeah, yes. they're bread and butter now, so. So, so being Switch, do you both own a Switch? Yes, yeah, sir. You bet. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're adults, so we weren't necessarily the marketed thing for this, but did you guys ever get your hands on Labo? Yeah, I did, yes. 
it it is just a joy. And I know it's not for everybody. Yep. But oh my god, like just d- doing doing a show about games, it, it's Nintendo looking back and going, "Hey, in all those mistakes that we've made trying to do this, <laughs> we're just going to do it again and it works so well. It's just a big tech demo, but it works yep. so well. When I did the fishing one, you turn the damn switch on its side and you see the bobber going up and down and it, it, the, the, cause the feedback, it's all real. There's no, there's nothing in the, it, it, I don't know. They nailed it for me. I barely ever play it, which is probably the downfall of Labo. Um, yes. but as a technical achievement, it is amazing. <laughs> well, that, and, that's like, um, so when I, I got switched at launch and, uh, I got a Breath of the Wild and I got one two switch with it. Yes. And that game gets old fast, but I still like for a long time, whenever someone would come over, I would um show them the one game in there where it's counting the marbles in the box. Yeah. Where you where you move the controller around. I'm like, check out this like magic. Like <laughs> tell me how they do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, going back to the Labo, like you were saying too, like um, it's it's another case of Nintendo kind of making a, a situation where yeah, you you know you get to play with the the cardboard when it's done, but a big chunk of the joy is uh, having your kids help you make, um, make the uh, the elephant trunk. Oh, that was the last thing Labo did, but um, yeah, the uh, the the VR different thing, different animals, yeah, yeah. But it was a, you know, you could spend a couple hours just kind of making something together as a family, and then you use the Switch with it, and it was a uh, it was great. Um, it's it, it's a joy. I sat down with because we we build Legos a lot. Uh, me and my wife, and uh, we did that a lot when we were sleep training our kids, our daughter. And so this was like you know when I turn the system on and the instructions come up, and I'm like, this is this is a game changer. I mean, no one's gonna like this other than me, but I don't care. This is great. <laughs> like it's just it made me so happy that they. Yep. I, I just I guess when Nintendo's on point. Because sometimes they, they 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 falter. They do. I mean, I think the Wii U is a great piece of gear. It just no one knew it was a new system, so it yes. failed. Exactly, um, exactly. Uh, but the Switch, the Switch feels very personable. It feels mm-hmm. like that system is like you can't. I have not found a gamer that you can't bring a Switch into a room and put it down and go here. That they don't just grab it and immediately go, holy shit. Like this is this is just great. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. They it might not be their thing, and it might not be you know they might not go out and get it, but they get why it's important. It's like the culmination of the entire last thirty years in one little teeny tiny package, you know, because it's got portability. It's it's intuitive. You can get online like that, which mm-hmm. is better than any system's ever done it. Wow, Nintendo, it took you that long to get in the game, but holy crap, you nailed it. <laughs> and I, I gotta say, having the idea of doing the NES and SNES games, and I'm sure other games later, um, on the, the Netflix basis, where hey, pay for our online thing, and we're just gonna give you our library. They just yeah. Disney Plused it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is a great idea, and I love the achievements and stuff they've added, and the hey, do this speed runner, hey person, we know you've probably never beaten Ninja Gaiden. Come play the last boss. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I, yes. I think that's yeah. really cool. Like it, someone's thinking over you there. You know, I think the uh, the crowning achievement of the Switch is, and I mean, I, I didn't realize the PS4 and the Xbox One were doing this too, but it's the whole um, just being able to put it to sleep. 
Yes. And just pick it up. And what every game, whatever game you're playing, you can pause it, put it to sleep, pick it up, and it's like you never you never stop playing. There's no loading, there's no nothing. You're just right back where you left it. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Um going back to um, cause, cause I, I, I want to wrap up soon. Cause I'm sure I could talk to you guys for like eight hours, but I actually <laughs> want to get some sleep tonight and, um, we should offline figure out when I'm coming on your show. Cause this is, yeah. this isn't going to be the last time we're talking cause, cause this is great, but, um, something to go back to you. Do you remember the first game that touted the first game on PlayStation that like the part of their big ad campaign was that they didn't have load times? Do you remember this? And they had a really clever way that they took care of it. And the game was great, num- number one. Um, do you remember this game? Because every other I, game I was copied I, it since. I wouldn't because I was against PlayStation at the time. But uh, okay. Rob, uh... <laughs> So th- there was this game. It was a sequel. It was a Legacy of Kane game. It was called Soul Reaver. Soul Reaver, yeah. Okay. Soul Reaver is okay. a wonderful okay. game. And Soul sure. Reaver, they made a Zelda game. Like that's how big this game was on the PlayStation. I don't know how they did it, but not only did the game look great and play great and just be huge, it never loaded after the first time it loaded. And the first time it loaded, it tricks you. So the game, they load up a really quick, very low res room that you start out in each time and you walk up a tunnel and the tunnel is really long and they load the whole outside while you're walking up the tunnel. And this is a thing that Breath of the Wild does. Like all of these games, since they all do it. Um, and this is the first. And it was the. It was the whole. The, even said it on the front of the box. The first game with zero load times. And it was right. really clever because I never noticed that that's how they were tricking you. Like it didn't feel like oh, it's just a slog. And what you did is you to go from an area to another area. You'd go through a cave. And so they could do low res and load up the next area without you realizing that you're walking so it can load. And I thought that was really clever. And I loved that game, although it was released unfinished. That was mm. that was at the height of my like jumping onto message boards and shaking games. There was an AOL, which did you did that make its way to the rest of the world? Or was that an American yes, only you thing? Bet. OK, we definitely yeah. had so, AOL. Yeah. So there was an AOL gaming site called Ant. The antagonist. It was a, you know, remember AOL had the only sites you can get to through us, yep. and that that site was obsessed with that game, and so that game it was like delayed for three years, like it because it was a PlayStation One like launch title or something or second year game. But I remember following it, and they they released the game unfinished, so you end it like getting ready to take on like the next six bosses. <laughs> And then PlayStation 2, near the end of its run, finally came out with a sequel that finished it, which it was fine, but that game looked good for a PlayStation 2 game. But that one on PlayStation looked like better than anything Nintendo was shelling out and for, for fantasy games. They just nailed it. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a weird game to think about. I haven't thought about that in years. That's awesome. <laughs> And I also like to remind people, another big part of my uh, the panel was to remind people, I showed a whole bunch of top-down um, games with cars driving on the street to remind people, hey, this was Grand Theft Auto. Because yes. I always found yep. that to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Had that on, uh, on my old, uh, boy, 40, I think I had a 486. Yep. Mm-hmm. My old 486-33, I remember playing Grand Theft Auto and 
having 77 three and a half inch floppy drives that I had to install it off of. And uh, that's another thing kids will never get to appreciate is getting through like the first 60 floppy disks or something. And then that, that last one has a read error. Let alone that they won't even they, like that's a hard enough thing to not appreciate. Like loading from DOS is another thing um, that you know you get a game and all oh, crap it loads from DOS. Now I have to remember how to code. Great, <laughs> um, but also even pre DVD ROM computer games. I I remember I got I think it was Battlefield Vietnam loaded <laughs> off of eighteen CDs. <laughs> it was something obnoxious like that. Yeah. That I think about uh, right. Morrowind, yeah. Elder Scrolls Three, was like a near twenty C D game. Yep. Yep. Jesus. But then yeah, floppies, seventy seven floppies to play the original two D top down Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> so here here's it my father um had uh he had a, a Commodore sixty four. That was our like home thing, but he got an Amiga 500. Do you remember the Commodore Amiga 500? Oh, they were great gaming machines. Mm -hmm. They were were fantastic. We had all that. We had Jack Nicholas golf and where in the world is Carmen San Diego. They they just had all these wonderful games on it. I think I had, um, the original, uh, Prince of Persia, you know, Mm -hmm. on that. Um, but they had a thing called D paint. It was um, the pre like Corel Draw pre Photoshop drawing program, and it was super intuitive and had a 3D animation graphics thing in it. So that's what my brother and I used to make like opening credit sequences and special effects for movies. And you just overlay them real to real because you know we we're super nerdy. But he <laughs> would make like 250 floppy disk long animation sets that he would use to make movies. And so he would make animated oh, movies on the Amiga. And I'm talking like two, two hour long films. Like he made, he made at least six of them <laughs> and, and would just shoot wow. them off the screen. He would just, before we even had the reel to really just shoot them off the screen and talk while the animations ran and they were complex. And I think back and we, we actually, we chased trying to re- redo that. There was a software that came out called Amiga forever that was supposed to be able to make it. So you're, you know, 1997, you know, uh, AT&T globalist IBM with one gigabyte of hard drive space, $4,000 computer could run <laughs> your old Amiga software and it never worked. And that just would have been mm-hmm. so freaking cool. <laughs> awesome. I don't know. But yeah, it's late. Um, I want you guys to plug your show. Tell people all about you and where they can find you. And uh, then we will say goodnight. You want me to take a rob or you want Oh, to... you're so good at it. You bet. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, we're the Grumpy Old Gamers. You can uh, find our website at thegrumpyoldgamers.com. That's where we post all of our original content. And uh, look us up on Facebook. That's where we're active with uh, news stories and chats and memes. Lots of memes. People love the memes. Yes, they um, do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, of course, we're on YouTube. Um and all the major uh, podcast platforms under the Grumpy Old Gamers. Yeah, and the, the name of the podcast is a. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Is You Can't Teach an Old Gamer New Tricks. Because I think. Oh, I, I love that. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think actually the, the name, the podcast name, Grumpy Old Gamers, was taken by a group that doesn't call themselves Grumpy Old Gamers. So we couldn't oh. call the show the Grumpy Old Gamers on podcasts. 
So I wasn't yeah, the right. first to steal it then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is a case like these guys had like 250 episodes or something. So they were uh, well before yeah. us. But it's like, okay, well, they don't have the group name. Just the podcast. We have to make the podcast yeah. something else. That's why it's. Uh... No, I like I like the podcast name. So and it, it's it been an absolute blast to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, and I'm glad much. you. And you, you will not be strangers of this show, and I will not be strangers of you. Um, guys, thank you so much. Um, in What time of day is it for you right now? Uh, 11.30. Oh, okay, so it's one thirty for me, so it's not the yeah. oh, Wow. All right, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. Um, thank you both for shooting the shit with Chippa, and we'll talk to everybody else soon. Have a great night.